Thank you for downloading the One Church Gloucester podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. My name is Nathan, I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege to bring the message this morning. If you're new to this space, what we, what we tend to do is, for a duration of time, maybe four to five weeks, we focus in on a particular topic um, and study it together as a church, unpack it with one another. Um, and today we are in part three of our latest teaching series, which is called Our House. So in this series, we're, we're essentially looking at uh, this, this house and, and our homes and asking ourselves, like, what do we want to build those places on? What values and beliefs do we want to build our houses on? This house, this community, this church, your house, your family home, your life, your business, what are they built on? And unless we are intentional with that, unless we ask ourselves and are deliberate with answering that question, someone else will, something or someone else will decide for us. Um, so it's good for us to reflect, to consider, like, what are we building our house on? And, and each week we are reading uh, the verse from Proverbs uh, in the Bible, and it's from Proverbs 24, verses 3 to 4, and it says this, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Um, and Pastor John last week did a great job at talking about this house being a house of authenticity. A house of authenticity where, where we don't need to try and project a false image of who we are to try and be someone we're not, but, but to discover and to live an authentic life. Not a synthetic life, but an authentic one. And to discover who God has made us to be and has called us to be. And to, and to pray, God, what, what do you want me to do with my life, with this day? And to authentically live that out. And I thought it was a fantastic message last week. Um, all of our messages are available for free on podcasts. You can catch them. Uh, the week before that, I spoke about this being a house of forgiveness. That this is a space where it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, you're welcome here because all of us in this space realise that we've been forgiven much. Um, we have a forgiven much mentality. Who are we to judge one another, to condemn or criticise each other when we have so much to be forgiven for? But in Christ we have been recipients of free forgiveness, of his grace and it is our joy to extend that to whoever comes through those doors, right? Um, so this is a house of forgiveness and today I am talking about a house of treasure. A house of treasure through knowledge it's filled with treasure and um, if you're taking notes that's the title uh, we're also going to go to a verse in Matthew uh, so we're going to read together uh, this is Jesus preaching Matthew 6 verses 19 so if you want to turn there in your Bible you can do uh, if not it will be on the giant Bible behind me and this is Jesus talking about life talking about what is important talking about how to live um, and he says this do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and what's true of every single one of us like in this room and in the world, every single human, we all treasure something. There, there is a space in our lives which is set aside for our treasure. And, and when I say treasure, and when I refer to that today, what I'm meaning is this. It's the thing that we value the most. It's that thing in our life where we say, this, this is what is most important to me. This is what I value above everything else. This is what I ascribe ultimate value to. 
And, and for so many people, that thing is different. And it can be a whole variety of things. It could be your family. It could be a career. It could be God. It could be an item. It could be something. But each and every one of us has a treasure. And, and if you want to discover what your treasure is, you can simply ask yourself, where does your money go? Where does your time go? Where does your, where does your thought life go? Like, what is the recipient of the majority of all of those things, perhaps? And, and that thing will be your treasure. And so the challenge today is, is, the, is this question, what are you treasuring? What is that ultimate thing that is of ultimate value in your life? What, what are you treasuring today? And what's interesting, so where your treasure is, Jesus says, there your heart will be also. So what you treasure, what we value, what our affection, our time and our energy goes towards, what we value the most, that will have our heart. That space in our lives, that's the, the, the inner being, that will be the most important thing to us. And whatever has our heart and we treasure, that thing, that thing is your God. That thing, so every human on the planet, like regardless of, of their belief, regardless of your beliefs this morning, you have a God. And, and whether that God is the God of the Bible or not is a, is a different question. But every single one of us has a God. We are living for something. And, and so I was listening to a conversation a while ago um, on, uh, it was a video, a documentary on, on YouTube, and it was between two quite famous atheists. And they were having a conversation, and, and the, the tone of their conversation was almost to suggest that they had been liberated from the idea of belief. That they didn't need to be oppressed and shackled by believing or adhering to like a religious system. They didn't need to be, um, live under this idea of an invented deity. They were free from that. They did not believe in a God. They were free from it. And I was listening and I thought, yes, you do. You, you have a God. Like for them, the thing that they were paying homage to and worshipping and living and the thing that they were ascribing ultimate value to, their God was the God of their intellect. That's what they were living for. That, that was their God. And so regardless of your belief, everyone will have a God. And, and people might find that the God that they worship is themselves that they place ultimate value and live for themselves. And, and people might serve the God of their bank account, the God of their career, the God of their, the one that they love, the God of their family, the God of their home. Whatever it is that we treasure, that thing is our God. And I was, I was walking down the canal the other day and the sun was rising and it was beautiful, it was picturesque. And, and the canal was like still and it was like a mirror. And just one of those moments, you know when you're out in nature and you're just struck by how amazing creation is? It was one of them, because the, the canal almost seemed to be set on fire by this like orange sunrise, and it was beautiful. Um, and I'm walking down the canal, and then a gentleman is walking in the opposite direction, heading towards me. And now, just out of interest, there's, there's two types of people in the world. One are, are the acknowledgers, where if you're walking on a canal and I'm walking on a canal, we have to acknowledge one another. We're doing the same thing, we're all going on a walk. Like, let's, and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a massive conversation, it's simply one of these. Hi, morning, isn't it? Just a, just a little, we're, we, we share some common ground in this walk on the canal. Let's acknowledge that. The acknowledgers, okay? And then, then type B, the ignorers. You, you, they just look elsewhere. It just, they're not, not going to acknowledge the fact that we're doing the same thing. You know, if, if someone, for example, if someone's walking and the other person's on a bike, that's different. We're not doing the same thing. I can ignore you. That's okay. That's part of the rules of the etiquette of the, the canal. Now, just out of interest, um, who are you? So, hands up. You are the acknowledgers. You're going to acknowledge someone that's on a walk. Okay, that's the majority. Okay, good. Excellent. Um, any honest people that are the ignorers in this room, you're not likely to nod. Okay, we have a few. We have a few. 
And for those that didn't participate in that little survey, I'm going to put you in the ignorers too, uh, just for ignoring me then. I'm assuming that's who you are. Uh, this gentleman um, found himself in category B. And I'm walking along and I'm enjoying this amazing sunrise. Um, and he's walking in the opposite direction and he just ignores me. And I, I, I can't, I don't know, I can't, I can't deal with that. There's part of me that just wants to go back and say, do you not acknowledge the fact that we are walking on the canal together? Like, nod at me, sir. Uh, um, but I didn't. And the reason he ignored me was because he was, he was playing a game on his phone. And, and we're, we're out in, in the early morning, this beautiful sun, sunrise, and he's literally walking, he's walking his dog, he's ignoring his dog too, as well as he's ignoring me. He's, and he's walking like this, playing a game on his phone. And I couldn't help but think, like, is this moment not enough for you? Is all of this beauty that you're surrounded with, is that not enough that we have to, to look elsewhere at something else? And, and what, what I think of that, and I wonder how many of us are living our lives looking at temporary treasures, Look, looking at something that won't last, <coughs> focusing on the, 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 the focal point, the thing that we stare about, think about and care about and live for the most is something that is temporary. If only we'd look up and recognize the beauty of the eternal, but we're so focused on something that is temporary. And, and if, if I just stay on this thought a moment, you know, because what's happening, say for example, I'm having a, a meal with my family, and, and I'm not really paying attention to them, I'm just staring at my phone. Like, what I'm actually saying is, this moment isn't good enough for me. Like, I'm not satisfied with this moment. I'm not content with this moment. I need to look elsewhere. There's a few nudges going on at this moment. That's you, is what the nudges are saying. But I need, to, I, need to, I need to occupy myself with something different. I need to look at Instagram, I need to look at the news, whatever it might be. What I'm saying is, I am not satisfied with this room. And, and just, I'm trying to be so deliberate with that, to not give my family that message or that impression, but it's so easy, isn't it? That just that little ping goes off, and before we know it, we're out of the room. We're looking at someplace different. We're looking at something else. But, but broader than that specific, literal like, application of that, how many times do we live our life that way, looking at something different? waiting for something different, thinking to ourselves, if only I had that treasure, the treasure that I want, the treasure that I'm seeking, that thing that I'm living for is not what I have right now. Yeah. It's somewhere different. Yeah. It's in a different space. What I have is not enough. I need that promotion. I need that thing. I need that relationship. I need something. And we spend our life focusing, fixating on what is temporary. And if you are experiencing any level of dissatisfaction, any level of discontentment, could it be that you are treasuring the wrong thing? If there is that nag in you, if there is that drive in you to get something more, to think, I need that. When I have that, then I'll be happy. When I get there, then I'll be content. When my family situation, when my home, when all of these things end up here, then I'll be happy. Could it be you are treasuring the wrong thing, that you are ascribing ultimate value to the wrong thing. Where our treasure is, there our heart is. What we treasure is our God. Do you have the wrong God? Like, what, what are you treasuring? Like, if, if I give you an example of that. So my wife is, is a beautiful, godly woman, um, but she is not God. And she's lovely, she's close. But, but she's not God. And if I treat her as my ultimate treasure, if I treasure her, not in the Bruno Mars sense, you know, that treasure that is what you want. Not like that, but in the treasure in the sense, like, she is my ultimate. She is the person that I look to 
for my purpose, for my meaning in life, that I treasure her, I ascribe ultimate value to her, I look to her to, to fulfill these deep desires within me, what an unfair expectation that is to place on her. Like, she will never match up to that expectation. She will never be able to fulfill those longings in my heart. And she will never be able to give me enough. She will never be able to satisfy enough. What an unfair expectation that is to place on my wife, to ascribe ultimate value to her. She's, she's not God. Likewise, like with our career, it's good to have a fulfilling, uh, challenging career that we enjoy. But if we look to our career and treasure it, as the ultimate, think about it the most, give our most to it, give all of our time, our effort, our energy to that thing, it will never be enough. We'll always be looking for that promotion, we'll always be looking for the, the pay rise, we'll always be looking for that extra bit of affirmation because it, we want it to fulfill something potentially that it can't if we treasure it and look to it like that. Yeah. Like, another example, th- this, is, this is a great church. I enjoy being a part of this church. This church is not God. And, and sometimes I wonder what level of expectation we have on this community when we say things like, this church has let me down. Yeah. When we say things like that, and, and just specifically on that, I, I hear that, and, and I, I have felt things like that before, but what, what am I expecting from it? Yeah. What level of expectation am I ascribing to this place? Like, this is a pretty eccentric bunch of people. Yeah. And I think through some administrative error, they've allowed me to become a pastor. <laughs> like, it's not a question of if... It's going to let you down. It's, it's when, if anything like that, is it not? Not a question of if it's going to offend, it's when. But if I am treasuring this place, as in I am ascribing ultimate value to it, and I expect it to fulfill my spiritual needs, my emotional needs, then, then the teaching is never going to be deep enough. The programs are never going to be engaging enough. The pastors will never be pastoral enough. Like, this church makes for a pretty crummy God. And I wonder sometimes, so it says this in, in Ecclesiastes, it says, he, God, has also set eternity in the heart, in the human heart. He has set eternity in the human heart. There is a part of us, there is a longing in us to be satisfied and fulfilled and to connect with something beyond ourselves. And do we, do we seek to satisfy, to scratch that eternal itch with something temporary? To scratch an eternal itch with a temporary tool. Looking for something that is other than God to try and satisfy that deep longing of the soul. We all know what it feels like to have an itch, don't we? If you get bitten or if you've got a bit of dry skin, a bit of eczema. What happens when you itch it? It feels right at the moment, but then it just gets worse. And the things that we try and fulfill ourselves and and treasure in the moment feel great. But you never quite satisfy. Never quite get there. And I think Jesus, when he's delivering this sermon, like the genius of his words, like... He, he acknowledges and recognises our tendency to treasure the temporary. And what he does with his audience is, is he pulls their perspective from the temporary to the eternal. Don't treasure things that can rot, that can be stolen, that can fade. Don't fixate on those things. Instead, put your treasure in heaven. Think beyond the temporary. Stop focusing on temporary man-made things that won't last, that won't fully satisfy, and look up recognize something eternal and the treasure that he is talking about that he's referenced to this whole ministry that his whole life was pointing to was him there's a there's a pastor in, in new york city called tim keller um and he he uh talks about this idea about treasure and what we really value and if you wanted to like research a bit further you can check out his message called money versus treasure and it's excellent and and what he 
unpacks in this message is he says that whatever we treasure will ultimately demand our life. And it's similar to what we have been saying here, that what we treasure is what we live for. It's what all of our energy and our focus actually goes toward. And he says, what we treasure will demand our life. And he says this, here's the, here's the quote. What you treasure will ultimately require you die for it. Jesus is the only treasure that died for you. What you treasure will ultimately require you die for it. Jesus is the only treasure that died for you. And, and this, that right there, that's the, that's the central tenet. That's the main message here. That's the, that's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what we are passionate about in this place is that the God of the universe stepped out of his divinity into our humanity and he recognized treasure in us and he treasured us. He looked at you and treasured you. Hebrews 12 verses 2 said, for the joy set before him, Jesus went to the cross. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. So he looked at you and thought you were worth pursuing. That treasure is worth dying for. If dying for them means that I can connect with them, have a relationship with them, shoulder their sin, shoulder their wrong, take upon, them, take upon myself their debt, their error, and give them free passage and free forgiveness and relationship with Christ, then that is worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the only treasure that, that died for us. This, this, this amazing idea. And the gospel is this. The good news is this. The gospel is that we are more sinful than we'd ever dared believed, yet more loved than we'd ever dared hoped. Wow. More sinful than we'd ever dared believed, yet more loved than we ever dared hoped. And if I can recognize that, and if I can believe that, and if that can be more than just a spiritual idea, but it can move from here to here, that changes everything. More sinful than I'd ever dared believed. How humbling it is for the God of the universe to still treasure me. Whilst I was dead in my sin, whilst I was dead in my offence, whilst I was dead in my rebellion, still he died for me. Still he valued me. Still he valued you. How humbling is that? What, what more could I possibly pursue? Thank you, Jesus, for that, but I want a new phone. It, it seems so trivial. It seems so, so wrong. If I can grasp that, that humbles me. At the same time, I'm uplifted by that. That the God of the universe loves me and treasures me. And, 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 and beyond what I can imagine or believe, that's how much he loves me. How uplifting and validating is that? Yeah. What more stuff do I need? What more treasure could I possibly pursue beyond that? Right. If the God of the universe treasures you. Yeah. And A.W. Tozer says this. Um, he's an author and he says, The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. Many ordinary treasures will be denied him, or if he's allowed them, the enjoyment of them will be so tempered that they will never be necessary to his happiness. Or if he sees them go, one after one, he will scarcely feel a sense of loss for having the source of all things he has in one, or satisfaction, or pleasure, or delight. Whatever he may lose, he has actually lost nothing, for now he has it all in one, and he has it purely, legitimately, and forever. To treasure... God. And, and for us today in, in this space, in this church, this becomes a house of treasure when we treasure Christ. This is a house of treasure when we treasure Christ. This doesn't become a house of treasure uh, when, we, when we get a new building or get more space or, or uh, uh, an upgrade or we have better talented people, more talented people come in, better preachers, uh, more money in whatever way. None of that will last. This is a house of treasure when we treasure Christ when we ascribe ultimate value to him. And, and if you forget everything else that I've spoken about today, um, I pray you remember this one thing, 
this, this one thing, forget every, everything else, if nothing else stays, remember this. Treasure Christ because he treasures you. Treasure Christ because he treasures you. And if each and every day we can stop and reflect on that truth, and again, if that moves from head knowledge to actually becoming a reality for us, that changes everything. If I can recognise that I am treasured by God, that I am loved beyond belief, what else do I need? What contentment I would feel? What peace I would feel? And what happens then is I reciprocate that. If I can acknowledge that I'm treasured by God, I begin to treasure him. And so on it goes. Treasure Christ because he treasures me. So if every day, if on your Monday, if you could start your day with that, maybe it's just a moment of quiet reflection, maybe it's a prayer. God, thank you that you treasure me. Help me to treasure you. When we feel the itch of of something that will only really be satisfied by something eternal, when we try and satisfy that with temporary things, oh, I just need this. If only I had that. And we start prioritising those things. Jesus, help me to treasure you because you treasure me. And this house, your house, will become a house of treasure when Jesus is put in his rightful place. And the benefit, I think the beauty of this um, is that when that sinks in, when that becomes a reality, if that's something that we can experience every day, everything gets an upgrade. Everything else gets better. So it says in 1 Timothy 6, 6, that godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. So godliness, if I can put Christ first and be content in who I am in him, that's great gain. Everything suddenly gets an upgrade. So, so we can, you can, leave today with a better car, with, with a nicer house, with a better, more satisfying career, with a better marriage. You could gain better looking friends. You could uh, have, have nicer, nicer clothes. You could be more talented leaving this place, not because any of that has necessarily changed, but because you are content with it. I mean, not in the sense of, oh, that will do, but in Christ I have all things. Christ is my ultimate treasure. I am ascribing ultimate value to him. I want him to be the recipient of my thoughts, of my affections, of my time. Everything else finds its rightful place then. What my wife and I realised when we were talking about our home, um, is we kept referring to our house as a small house. Just in conversation, we would say, okay, when, when eventually we're going to move, we're going to get a bigger house, because at the moment we've got a small house, and oh, eventually we're going to have a, you know, maybe one of these kind of homes, and when we get that, this extra room, we're going to put this in there, because we've got a small house. Or, or the garden at the moment, you know, it's a bit you know, uh, tatty there, but when we have a bigger house, because we've got a small house at the moment, and we just stopped and heard us talking that way. Like, small relative to who? We have running water. There's a, there's a magical box in our kitchen where the, the top of it cools things down and the bottom freezes things. It's quite amazing. There's this, there's this you know, screen on our wall which I can, I can press a button and watch pretty much anything I want. There's electricity in our house. Like, small relative to who? And if Christ, if I find my contentment and if I'm satisfied fully in Christ, everything else is a bonus. What else do I need? And let me push this challenge just a little bit more. If you have heard yourself moaning, 
if you have heard yourself wanting something different, if you have heard yourself about anything in your life, the relationships, your interactions, career, things that you possess, could it be you're looking to those things as your treasure and expecting too much of them? If you were content in Christ, would that edge up the moaning a little bit? I have all things. Godliness plus contentment is great gain. This becomes a house of treasure when we treasure Christ. And I wanted to give, give us some time um, at the end just to respond to this. And perhaps you recognise that you have been treasuring the wrong thing. That the thing that is your treasure, the thing that is of ultimate value to you, is not God. And in fact, you have another God that has taken God's place. And it's not fully satisfying. And it's causing discontentment in your life. Always wanting more, always in the pursuit of a little bit more. And we can disguise that with things like ambition as well, I think, sometimes. This morning, this afternoon, sorry, is a moment where we can just correct that. Where we can decide, where you can decide, Jesus, I want to put you in your rightful place. I want to ascribe ultimate value to you. I want you to be my treasure. I want a house of treasure. We can decide together that this is to be a house of treasure. Where it's so easy, isn't it, just to to focus on the wrong stuff. To get caught up worrying about the wrong stuff for that to be the recipient of all of our attention and effort. Whereas if we could put Christ in his rightful place. So I'm going to give us a moment. And I want you just to like bow your head, close your eyes, do what you need to do. Just reflect and ask yourself, what is my treasure? You may believe that, that God is your number one. The question and the challenge is, does your behaviour match that? And if at every day you can just acknowledge, I am treasured by Christ. Jesus, help me to treasure you. Could you experience so much more contentment, less striving, far more peace, far less anxiety and worry? Maybe you're here for for the first time or you've not been in church in a while um, and you recognise that you have been living for the wrong thing, you have been pursuing the wrong thing. Maybe it's the God that is you, or the God that is your career, or your family. This morning you can course correct. You can repent of living for the wrong thing and put Jesus in his rightful place. And find true, eternal satisfaction in him. So, if you have been treasuring the wrong thing, I'd just love to pray for you. Very simply, in a moment I'm going to ask you to put up your hand. And we're going to pray. And then it's this ongoing joy of outworking our salvation and daily putting Jesus in his rightful place and treasuring him above all things and watching as everything else falls into place. So I'd love to pray for you. So after the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to put up your hand if you need to decide to treasure Jesus. One, two, three. Hold him high for me, please, so I can see. Jesus, thank you that you treasure us. Thank you that you valued us not because of anything that we had done, just because of your love and your grace that you lavish on us. So I pray, Lord God, that each and every one of us will be able to receive that, to, to have that revelation, to not be callous or cold towards it or indifferent towards it, but to, to be moved by it and to place you as our treasure. So the hands, the people that have responded, whatever it is they have been living for, prioritising, treasuring in their life, Jesus, help us by your Holy Spirit to treasure you, to put you in your rightful place. And Lord God, would we see so much more contentment and peace in our life, being okay with what we have, because Jesus, in you, we have everything. In your name, Lord God. Amen. Amen. 
So just while we're in this moment of worship, um, I want to read what Jesus goes on to say. I think for some of us, uh, we, can, we can believe uh, that Jesus is the number one spot. Believing God is the ultimate, yeah. Um, what betrays us sometimes is our worry. That, that we trust God, we believe in God, and yet uh, worry about the temporary. Worry about what's going to happen with, with my job. Worry what's going to happen in that relationship. Worry what's going to happen with what I have. Worry what will happen to me in my future. And let me just read what Jesus says. So don't, do not store up for yourself treasure on earth. Um, store up for yourself treasure in heaven. After that, he says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single day to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See, see the flowers of the field? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. So 1 Peter 5 verses 6 says, Humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him, because he cares for you, he loves you, he treasures you beyond all that you could think or imagine. And Father God, I pray for anyone in this room that has been battling worry, that has been weighed down by anxiety, that has been fixated on what is temporary. Holy Spirit, enable them to fixate, to focus on, and to treasure what is eternal. Each and every day, would they look to you as their source? Would they look to you as their sustenance? Would they look to you as the one that fulfills them, that makes them whole, that gives them peace and comfort and purpose? Lord God, would they walk out from this place today, head held high, knowing they are treasured by you, free from worry, free from anxiety. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.